0: good evening to everyone. Amen. Praise the Lord. And I want you to know this is my first time doing this. So excuse the paper. I told my husband before I left, I said, I just discovered something, how to do a memo on my little pad here. So, (laughs) but anyway, I just want to say Good evening to everyone, amen. And at this time, I want you all to do something. I want you to stand on your feet, amen, as we give honor to this pastor, amen, Pastor Weber, come on, let's give it up for him, amen, 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 and to the flower and the fragrance of this house, his wife, amen, amen, she's the flower, she's the fragrance of this house lady Weber amen and let's give it up for Jesus amen how many know that I am a praiser and I'm a worshiper and I believe the almighty God is here tonight amen amen I've been sitting back and I want to say to you brother when I tell you you start playing that organ I wanted to run and dance and do all that good stuff amen amen I love the presence of Jesus amen can we give the Lord a hand clap one more time amen Amen. If I kind of I, I'd ask you to get on this keyboard because I feel the power of the Holy Ghost. Amen. <laughs> come on. Come on. I need you to give God some praise right here. Amen. How many know that the Lord is worthy to be praised because he woke us up this morning and started me on my way. I feel the presence of the living God in this place. Amen. Amen. And before I begin, amen, I just want to talk to the father. Can we talk to him for just a minute? Father God, we ask that you would, bow your heads as we we humble ourselves. Father God, in the name of Jesus. Father, we come to you tonight as humble as we know how. Oh God, we come giving you thanks, praise, honor, and glory tonight because all the glory belongs to you, God. And Father God, we ask that you would use us tonight. Amen. Not only to touch somebody, but to touch our household first. Oh God, and father God, we ask that you would bless us and keep us every couple that's represented here tonight. Every single person, every person that came hungry and thirsty for you tonight. God, we ask that you would fill them up as you desire them to be filled. And we will give your name, the praise, the honor, and the glory in Jesus name. We pray. Let everybody say amen. 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 You may be seated. Amen. In the presence of the Lord. Amen. We thank you tonight. Amen. I didn't come to be before you very long but at this time I guess y'all say she want us to stand up so much I want all the women to stand right now I'm not discriminating against the men but I want the women to stand and I want you to go to another sister amen and I want you to encourage her, give her a high five, speaking to her life, speaking to her body, and to her soul, amen. And to let her know that in a such in such a time as this, amen, we want you to pray for your sister that God will give her the strength to be the wife, the mother, the aunt, whatever it is, the mentor it is, amen. How many know we're living in a time that we need to encourage one another? So go to somebody right now. I'm going to find you. I'm going to go to this sister right here, and I just want you to encourage one another we're not discriminating against you men but us sisters we want to encourage one another tonight speak into somebody's life and let her know let her know that you can make it you can make it in the name of God in the name of Jesus God we ask that you would bless her right now in the name of Jesus let her be the mother let her be the art let her be what it is that you want her to be in this day and we will bless your name and give your name the praise the honor and the glory in Jesus name Amen Amen. Come on, keep encouraging your sister. Amen. Hezekiah Walker wrote a song, say, I need you and you need me. I need you to survive. Amen. How many know that we can't walk this walk alone? We can't talk this talk alone. We need our sisters in such a time as this. Let's give the Lord a hand, praise right there. Amen. But I've got you back in prayer. Amen. How many know prayer is a powerful presence of the Lord? Amen. I asked my husband, I said, well, what is it that we're supposed to do? I've been bothering him. I said, you better tell me what I need to do because, you know, I'll just take my seat. I said, because I don't like to get up somewhere and not, you know, not knowing what to do, especially when this is my first time doing it. So he says, well, talk about commitment from a woman's perspective. So that's what we're going to talk about tonight. Amen. Commitment is the state of quality of being dedicated to a cause or an activity. In our case, we have to be committed. Amen. When we went to the altar, however we went, whether we went to the courthouse, we were at the church. But when we stood there, we stood there and we made a commitment to our spouse, Amen. To love them and to cherish them and to keep them and to hold them all that good stuff that they tell us to repeat. Amen. So I said, well, what can I say about commitment? And I was looking at some things and we know that commitment causes us to have to do a lot of things. The first thing that we have to do when we're committed is that we have to be dedicated, because if you're not dedicated, I've, I've learned that especially, I don't know how many of you in here are pastors wives, Amen. But you have to be. When I stood there, I said, now, not only did I marry him, but I married the ministry too. Amen. So I have to be dedicated to the ministry because sometimes on Wednesday night, and I'm going to tell you, I'm going to tell you the truth too. Amen. Because we, the only way we can get delivered is that we tell the truth amen because sometimes on Wednesday night when I've worked all day in the jailhouse amen I've been up 13 14 hours a day I don't get home until 630 and we have to be the Bible study at 730 I have to lift my head and I have to say Lord Jesus this is a commitment because my flesh tells me that I want to go home and take a shower and go to bed but because I Married such a wonderful man, Bishop Stacy, and because I'm dedicated to him, it just seems like God gives me the energy to go in and take a shower and I'm ready to go to Bible study to be able to help do whatever I can to upbuild the kingdom of God. So you have to be dedicated to your spouse, to your household. And sometimes I'm saying to myself, no, what are we going to eat? There's a lot that we can talk about. You know, tonight, as far as being dedicated, because you have to be dedicated. Sometimes we want to just talk about church, but we have to be, have to be dedicated to our homes, too. We have to make sure our husbands have something to eat. Amen. Because my mama told me if you don't feed him, somebody else will. <laughs> Amen. So, I don't want nobody feeding the bishop. So, if I don't do anything but call Bronson Restaurant, I got that telephone number on Speed Dial and get us a chicken salad. I'm going to make sure the man of God has something to eat. Can I get an amen? Amen. Amen. We come to be real tonight. Amen. Amen. I thank God. There's a lot entailed in being dedicated. And you have to be devoted. Again, I go back to being devoted to the church. Amen. There are some things that I've had to encounter so far. It's it's been kind of hard, but the Lord will see you through. And I tell you, through uh, being committed, you have to make sure that you have a prayer life. Because if you don't have a prayer life, I'm telling you, you will be lost. Amen. You have to be so prayerful until my husband say, well, honey, uh, we have a sign out on the front of the church saying that we have a prayer meeting, but we haven't had anybody to attend. So on my Wednesdays off, I'm there. Amen. I'm dedicated to that prayer. Sometimes there's been me, just me and Jesus there. But I dedicated myself to prayer, amen. And sometimes He put on fast. We have some members here; they'll tell you tonight. And I was saying in my mind one night, I said, "God, we have another fast." I say I thought the Bible say that men and women, the husband and wife, supposed to discuss that before you go on a fast. But when it comes down to the bishop, amen, amen. He he. <laughs> It gives us fast, oh my goodness, and I tell you, you have to be able to be loyal also. There are so many things entailed in being committed. You have to be loyal, faithful, amen, and dedicated to the cause. So I just want to say tonight to our women that we must be dedicated, meaning, being devoted to something or someone which is our spouse. Amen. I don't have I've, I've never naturally birthed children myself. Amen. When my husband got me, he got me. I didn't come along with any children. Amen. Not Because I didn't want to, but God saw fit that I didn't have any children, amen, but he has four children, so I said, well, our children, amen, so you have to be dedicated to the children also, the grandchildren, the church, the family, amen, and we know that loyalty means being faithful, so we have to be faithful, we have to be loving towards one another through the good times and the bad times, amen, amen. Somebody say, well, how can you say you can love somebody through the bad times? But we have to. The Bible says, through love and kindness have I drawn thee. So we have to be loving and kind to one another. And making a commitment involves dedicating ourselves to that special someone in our lives. Amen. Called our husbands. I'm talking to the women right now. So I just want to say, I want to pause in case we have any single people in here. I want to give you a little tidbit and say to the single people who are wanting God to send them a mate, because I used to be like that, Lord, I just tired of being by myself and I want a husband. Know what you're doing. Amen. i tell you, know what you're doing when you ask God for a mate. And I'm not saying that in a bad way because commitment requires a lot. When I was single, I'm from South Florida. Fort Myers Beach, West Palm Beach, Uh, this beach, that beach, this mall, that mall didn't owe me anything. Bishop and I, we were talking. He said, what you doing? I said, I'm on the road. I'm going to the mall. I'm shopping and buying shoes and clothes and at the Mac counter buying me some makeup because I was single. So I'm telling you single people now okay know that when you get married hear me and hear me good you have to be committed and I heard daddy thought see daddy thought mom only paid $50 for a pair of shoes and mama said she paid $100 for a pair of shoes so see that kind of stuff has to cease So what I'm trying to tell you is, know what you're doing when you ask God for something because he'll give it to you, okay? (laughs) Commitment requires a lot. It requires giving up some things. As I said, when you were single, you could pretty much kind of flow like you wanted to flow. Amen. But commitment is not only you know, being committed to one another. It's just being committed, like I said, through the good times and the bad. I'm just going to give you a little story of something that I heard today. I was in the mall, and I'm married. He didn't know I went to the mall, so don't <laughs> tell him I went to the mall today. But then I was in JCPenney's, and I thought about it. And there was this older man. He was sitting down, and I say, sir, are you okay? He said, yeah. He said, I'm good. He said, but I'm tired because I have been to chemo. He said, I have cancer. He just started telling me his story. He said, I have cancer. He said, and I'm tired. My body is tired, and I really want to go home. And these are the words that he said. He said, but because I'm so committed to my wife. He said, I just got done with chemo and all that good stuff. He said, and she wanted to come to the mall and go shopping. And he said, I'm here with her. He said, I can't do very much, but I just want to sit and just let her get whatever she wants to get. She had necklaces and all kinds of good stuff sitting out on the bench. And he was sitting there yelling across. that. he said, yeah, I think those shoes will look nice with that necklace. And he winked his eye at me. He said, and I just did it because I really need somewhere to stay tonight. So I said, oh, my God. So we have to be there we go. There's an example. We have to be committed through the good times and the bad times. This man had had chemo, but he was so committed to her. And I said, I'm not trying to be nosy, but how long have you all been married? Because me and my husband going to marriage conference tonight, I said, and I just wish he could be here to see this. I said, you just had chemo. I said, sometimes I just want my husband to just go to the mall with me and just Sit down and just let me do what you're letting your wife do. He says he'll get there. Keep living. keep it. He said he'll get there. But he told me they have been married 55 years. So we don't know them. So let's put our hands together and bless God for the Lord allowing them to be married that long. Amen. Amen. I'm almost done. Amen. So we must stay committed to one another through the good times and the bad times. Amen. So I just want to encourage our women to stay prayerful. Our theme for our women's ministry is out of the book of Thessalonians. It's just to pray without ceasing. Keep your house covered with prayer. Amen. And Isaiah 59 and 19 say, when the enemy comes in like a flood, the spirit of the Lord shall lift up a standard against him. Because let me tell you something, the enemy is coming. He didn't say If he comes, he said, when he comes, we just need to make sure we're equipped with prayer, fasting and supplication that when the enemy comes, because let me tell you, if the enemy can destroy our homes. If he can start with the head, Amen. We know that God is the head, and then we know that our husband is the head. If he can start with our homes and tear up our homes, then it'll dwindle down and everything else. But if we keep God first, if we pray without ceasing, and keep God first in our homes, you can guarantee that you will have you you'll have a commitment that nobody can take away from you. We're going to have good times and we're going to have bad times. We talk about it all the time. No marriage is perfect. Nobody can say, well, my marriage is perfect because we all have disagreements. Sometimes we do have disagreements. Amen. But at the end of the night, I just want to encourage you. Amen. My mom used to tell us when we were growing up, if you're mad at each other, I'm talking about y'all brothers and sisters. I came from a family of 11 children. I'm the 11th child out of 11 children. And we all lived in the same house. Amen. And we grew up with the mother and father and they raised us. Don't go to bed angry. That's what she would tell us. If you have a problem with one another, and I want to encourage marriage couples. Amen. She tell us, don't let the sun go down on your wrath. Because you don't know if you're going to wake up in the morning. So if you have an issue with one another, amen, get it right before you go to bed. Amen. And lay down beside one another, amen, so you can have some sweet sleep and some sweet peace because that's the worst kind of night to have when you're tossing and turning and he breathing hard and you breathing hard. Y'all know what I'm talking about. We might as well be real. And you're upset with one another. That is just not a good feeling. So amen. Pray for one another fast. Tell God what you want in your marriage. Amen. Be committed to one another. Amen. Cook him something to eat. And if you don't cook him something, order him something. Amen. Take it home. Make sure he eats. Amen. (laughs) Amen. And tonight I just want to say to you, God bless you. I hope you enjoy what you heard. I hope you learn something because I helped myself. Amen. You can't get up here and talk to nobody else unless you ask God to deliver you first. Amen. So I deliver my own self with some stuff. Amen. Come on. Y'all ought to be praising God for that. Amen. Amen. So we thank God for you tonight. We thank God for the, for the invite. Amen. I'm a little bit more comfortable now. I might be able to do this again. But at this time, I'm going to turn the microphone over to my husband. Amen. As you would receive him, say thank God for Bishop Stacy as he come, And God bless you all. Amen. All right. on,
1: to good evening, Jesus. Amen. Good to be in front of you tonight. Amen. For this occasion, I've done a lot of speaking, but I never really spoke at a marriage conference. So this was quite new to me and like likewise I found myself studying and praying and fasting and doing all those things and would it be okay if I used the cordless mic? Yeah. A little bit more I mean Doing some things and getting prepared, amen. And and I did some studying and some research and you know, The enemy comes to steal, kill, and destroy. We all know that in in church. We go to church and we study and we study to show ourselves approved, being a workman, rightfully dividing the word of truth. But you know that we have to be steadfast, unmovable, always abounding in the work of the Lord, knowing that our labor is not in vain. And the old Pentecostal church, they didn't do a whole lot of teaching about marriage and marriage conferences when I was coming up. I can remember back when I was probably seven, eight years old, and we would be in fifth Sunday meetings. We would be in church all day. So I'm a part of a generation that we didn't learn about marriage and what it took. We knew that if you got a girl pregnant, you was going to marry her, and then that concept. So coming up and looking at marriage and having to have an understanding, and we can miss God with the concept or when something wrong, we do another wrong trying to make that wrong right. So I, I begin to, to research and to begin to study. And, and I always like to use scripture. Because when you use scripture, amen, you can't go wrong unless you read a good text through bad eyes. And sometimes we can read good texts with bad eyes. Can I break that down for you? Sometimes it's the mindset that we have when we read the word of God. Sometimes you can read the word of God and you don't get anything because the mindset is not right. But then when your mind comes into that place to understanding of what God is and who God is and what God has done for you, you can read the text and the text will speak to you. So I want to speak to you tonight. And first Corinthians 13, chapter verse 4, talks about charity. And when I say charity, I mean love. Say love suffers long and is kind. Love envy if not. Love vaineth not itself, is not puffed up, do not behave itself unseemly, seeketh not her own, is not easy to provoke, think no evil. So that's what love is. And I often heard my mom would say, love is what love does. And during this this process of love and being married, I come to understand that there's three relationships that we all operate in. We operate in a relationship with God. We operate in a relationship with ourselves, And we operate in a relationship with others. It takes those three processes that you're going to be operating in one of those dimensions. But when we serve God, we got to make him head of our life. But we still have to deal with ourselves, and we have to deal with others. Everything about us, it's a relationship type. There are four types of love. There's storage love, which is that love that is empathy bond. There's fellow love, which is friend bond. There's eros love, which is erotic bond. And there's agape love, which is that unconditional love in which we all have to operate from agape love. But how many of you know that it's those other three loves that will help us miss? agape love, and that's loving unconditionally. Storage love, empty bond, the definition is family love, a bond among mothers, fathers, sisters, brothers. You know what I mean. If you got sisters or brothers, it's that love. It's that love that says no matter what they do, I'm still going to love them. No matter if they don't do what I want them to do, a mom still loves them. They may not act just right, say the right things, but a father's still going to love. It's that love that don't Miss love because when a person don't do like you want them to do. And then there's fellow love. It's that it's that fellow love that describes benevolent, kindly love. It's it's that love and affection. It's the kind of love that David had with Jonathan. Was the word thing it was knit in the spirit. It's that you can have your best friend and you have that fellow love and that love that it don't cross boundaries but you have that affection for that person. You love that person. You're not in the bed with that person but you care about that person that that you 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 know when that person hurt you hurt. And then there's Eros love. Somebody say Eros love. See you can have this love And it can be a good love, but appropriated in the wrong way, it can cause you to fall. David had an arrow's love for Bathsheba. David was looking from his window, and if you think about it, when you realize he was looking from a high place, but looking down, it's something that when you have a down spirit, something down will catch your attention. i in the house. See, you can leave home with a down spirit, but it's something out there that will catch your attention and cause you to have an eros love, and and it's not the love that you should have with your wife, but it's that love that not for just one person, but that love to have a fix through a person. Am I speaking? The word of God said we have all sinned, And come short of the glory of God. There's nobody perfect. I think when we started, I think all the perfect people had to get up and leave. Because the ones that are here came to hear something that will change their mindset and their perspective on who they are and in the relationship they have with their spouse. Okay, agape love is that unconditional love. It's that love that Jesus had, that he came, amen, gave up his life, that we may have a right to the tree of life. It's that, and it's this agape love that we all have to operate in, and we got to understand that agape love is unconditional. When it comes to our wives, to our husbands, we have to understand that they may not be like I want them to be. But it's what I have. I know some of you is wondering, well, what's in the box? It's a nice, pretty box, right? And just looking at it, I know some of you have been looking, saying, you know, what's in the box? It's a pretty box, right? Come on, when you saw your husband, you saw your wife, you you was attractive by what was on the outside of the box. But you can look at a box and, and you can begin to imagine what's in the box, but you don't find out what's in the box until you open the box. So, what I'm saying to you that when you come and you decide to make that step, even though you may know the person, but you really don't know a person until you live with them. You really don't know a person until you begin to open up the box. And we may find some things inside the box that, You don't like what's inside the box. Come on now, my wife said, let's be real. Let's be real. And see, but this is what the enemy does. The enemy, we know, he's a deceiver. And if you allow him to operate, he will operate on what you thought was in the box. But you found out it wasn't in the box, and now that's what he approached you with what you thought was in the box. But how many know that you have the power, amen, and sometimes you got to be in a place until you can make the outside of the box become the inside of the box with the right care, with the right love, and the right affection because what's outside the box, you got to have the eyesight to see that's what I want in the box but you have to ask yourself, what am I putting in the box? What are you putting in your box? You heard Lady Anne say that she cooked. Know if she don't feel like cooking, she go get something. She bring it home. She's bringing something home in the box. Come on. And none of us perfect. But this is the thing. It brings us to the reason that we're here tonight. That we may be exposed to something We don't know about ourselves and marriage to help us change our mindset in a positive way. You can't understand your mate until you discover who you are. Can I say that again? You can't understand the person that you married with or the person that you're dating until you have an understanding of who you are. At any given time, anybody has the ability to make somebody feel like what they're not. Whether it's positive or negative, we have the power that we can build somebody up or we can tear somebody down. So when we learn who we are, then we know how to communicate. I'm talking to the men to the gift that God gave us in the box. And I know we've been here, and, and, I'm, and I'm going to cut it short. Come here, man of God, you and your wife. Come here, Pastor Weber. <laughs> See, God is the only one that will give you something that will challenge your love for him. God made Adam. From the dust of the ground. And when God breathed in Adam, he breathed in him a God pray love. And God began to look at everything that he had made. But when it came to the man, he had no meat. And God said, I'm going to make him a help me. When it came to the woman, Everything that she needed was already there. When it came to the man, everything that he needed was there except a mate. We can read the text and God simply said, it is not good for man to be alone. Some of us think that I don't need a man. I got the Lord. Yes, the Lord will keep you. Come on, he'll keep you. But late in the midnight hour, he ain't gonna roll over on you. God will give you some things, but there's some things, God is just not gonna do. I ain't read nowhere in the text where when that time come, I want to hear, praise the Lord, everybody. I want to shout, praise the Lord. And, and that's the concept of the old Pentecost. We wasn't taught how to take care of our spouse. We wouldn't talk about love. I was sharing with the men at breakfast this morning that, see, we were brought up in an age where a man wasn't supposed to cry. That if you cried, you was a weakling. And if you cried, you dare not cry in front of no one. So man, we begin to walk around holding all these feelings inside. Now when God has given us when we married, he has given us emotions. Your wife is your emotions. You look at the text, Adam could only name. But Eve had the ability to speak to the animals. So, men, we know how to just be quiet. <laughs> we know how, especially when there's a conversation between the spouse, and you'll say, I hear you, but what we're really saying, are you done yet? Right? And then, the, the, as long, when you've been married a while, you learn how to smile and say, I'm listening. <laughs> and then 10 minutes later, she asked you to say, what did, what did we talk about? I got it. Don't worry about it. I got it. If, if I have to bring it up, I might forget. <laughs> See, it, it was, it's a trait that we was born with that that the woman is our emotions. Get to the point. This is the man. This is the woman. This is God. Come in, God. As long as man followed God, do me a favor so they can do some didactic teaching. Y'all follow him. Just, just follow him. Just follow him. So you can see the order. As long as the man was in relationship with God, God provided everything he needed. He wake up in the morning, whatever he needed was right there. But in the process of time, what happened. Eve was deceived but Adam made a choice. As a man we have to understand that we have the ability to make a choice. So Adam choice was To turn to Eve. In our homes, when the man is not following the rights of the priest, God stop feeding you. In the home that where there's no God, there is chaos, there's confusion, there's strife, there's jealousy. There's all types of things that goes on in the house where there is no God. Now, visualize this. They got kids, so the kids going to grow up not knowing God. And the first thing that Adam, when it came to him, he said, the woman you gave me. but you gave me this woman. We have to understand, men, that we are responsible for the home. We have to look to Jesus as the author and the finisher of our faith. Sometimes we have to make some hard decisions, but there's not a decision that we make that we make with our God. But when you don't have God in your life you don't have God in your home you are operating in chaos and confusion. You may be seated. So what we have to understand we have to stay on bended knees. Men we we cannot be afraid to show emotions. We can't be afraid to say I'm sorry. We can't be afraid to say, I got it wrong. You're not going to make every decision turn out to be perfect. But if God is leading you, my God shall supply all my needs according to his riches and glory. So if you have God in your life, no matter what the cupboard looks like, no matter what anyone was saying, if you stay connected to God. See, I found out that because, see, I, I'm, like, I'm not like everybody else. I wasn't born saved. <laughs> I, I, I didn't come come out and just ready to take me up. It didn't happen like that. So I had to walk through life. And as men, if you're trying to do the right things, you're going to make a mistake. But behind every good man is a good woman. But men, I got something to tell you. They are no longer behind us. They are beside us. Because God's glory has no sex. God's glory is God's glory. And we have to respect what's in our house. So tonight, you are in control of the box. God is working on the inside while Satan is trying to work on the outside. But there's a text that says, Greater is He that is in me than he that is in the world believe it know it like I said I didn't, I didn't have everything right sometimes we learn through the mistakes that we make in life humpty dumpty sat on the wall y'all looking too serious now You know how men, and, and you know how we are sometimes, you know, especially when we're going somewhere, we get lost. In in life, we'll get lost. You know, we, we going and, and your wife, she, you know, you can tell, she know when you're lost. <laughs> you know, you was driving over the speed limit. Now you're driving five miles under the speed limit, and she said, What's wrong? Are we lost? No, I know where I'm at. It's a turn right up here. Come on, man. You know you done been there. I know I'm not the only one done that. And, you know, you act like, and, and sometimes you. And I knew exactly where I was at. You found out that there's more than one way to get to the destination. But when it comes to God, he's the only way. So we have to know when we made the wrong turn. You know how GPS is say, make a turn at the, yeah, start re- recalculating and say, you know, make a, make a U-turn at the next. Yeah, Rewr- and it, rerouting, you know, and, and sometimes we have to reroute. Sometimes we have to huddle up in the house. And call a play, because see the devil, he's voice activated. So sometimes you got to huddle up. Sometimes, you know, you, you got to have a, a, a silent count. Sometimes you, you got to put on a full court press. When, when it came to this, and I'm done, I sent him a text. I said, well, in the game, we're down. I'm down with two or three points. No timeouts. But the opponent called a timeout. I need a play. <laughs> so he sent me, he sent me, I'm gonna let him tell you what the play was. But this is the thing, sometimes you have to call on somebody. Sometimes you need somebody, not just anybody, but somebody that can get in contact with God and get a play. Amen. So everybody standing, grab your spouse by the hand. I know we are ready to go dance, Cause you, you, and that's the thing. You 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 know, you know when sometimes you can, you you can be doing the right thing but feel wrong. Come on, you ever been in the mall? You remember when Michael Jackson was famous and everybody was playing? You know, every time you hear, you know, and, and when you hear, and you know, no matter where you were at, you were here and you and you were at, and you think think you could moonwalk. You be, you, and you still save. But see, but see, but see, this is the thing. When it comes to song, we don't not no only have to have the words, but we have to have the heart. And see, Michael Jackson, he got everybody's heart because everywhere you played it, but everybody knew that's Michael Jackson. But this is the thing. We should be able to see the expressions of God on the outside of us and that people see us and say. That's a man of God. That's a woman of God. Because we are a royal people, a royal priesthood. Peculiar people. You are somebody. And God has given us the ability to call those things that be not as even though they already were. So if you with your spouse, I want you to decree something over your life you have the ability to do it because you are the priest of your home. And you have the power to speak into your home, into your life. So as I pray, I want you to speak a word into your marriage. If you're not married, my wife already told you. no. Let God lead you. Let God show you who he is or who she is. If you know God, God will show you the right person. Grab your spouse. Father, in the precious name of Yeshua, God. We thank you that you have given us everything according to life and godliness. Father, you have made us. You know all about us. And Father, right now we speak to our spouse. We speak to the inside of the box that it look greater than the outside. All the things that we know that we are in need of. Give us the understanding that we need. Give us the ability to understand, to communicate, to have have clarity and understanding. Empower us that we may be empowering people. That we can empower others. That homes will be, the way that you ordered them to be. That there will be peace, love, joy, in your spirit. Because wherever the spirit of you is, there is liberty. And Father, we counsel right now every assignment against our home, every assignment against our spouse, every assignment against our kids. We counsel it right now. And we plead the blood of Jesus over our spouse, over everything that concerns us. And Father, we will be forever together. Jesus' name. Amen.